Imagine yourself in this situation. You're at a family reunion, 75 or more people, some of whom you haven't seen in years and know very little about are there. The food has just been set out on the table, and one of the reunion organizers approaches you and says, I think it would be appropriate for us to pray before we eat. Could you lead that for all of us? Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to The Inner Life. I'm Patrick Conley, thanking you for joining in for another hour of on-air and online spiritual direction. Have you ever been in a situation like the one I described? Have you ever been asked to pray off the cuff for a gathering of people? When asked to pray, does it feel like an honor or does it strike you maybe with terror? I'm guessing your response is based a lot on how much experience you've had with something called extemporaneous prayer, praying not one of the many beautiful scripted prayers that we have in our Catholic tradition, like the Our Father or the Hail Mary, but in a sense, making up a prayer as you go. In my experience, growing up as a Protestant, I encountered extemporaneous prayer pretty early on and started practicing it at a young age. But upon becoming Catholic some 13 years ago now, I've seen a wide variety of comfort levels with unscripted prayer amongst Catholics. Some seem completely at ease with it, some completely terrified of it, and many somewhere in the middle, maybe a bit awkward about it, but willing to give it a try. Well, wherever you yourself might fall on that spectrum, I think today's show will be of interest as you seek to grow in intimacy with our Lord through extemporaneous prayer. Our spiritual director today is Father Chris Walsh, the pastor of St. Cecilia Church in Philadelphia. Welcome back to the program, Father. Thank you so much, Patrick. It's a great joy to be with you. Excited to be talking about this with you as well. And, uh, you know, prayer just as just defining prayer in general can be a tricky thing because it's not that prayer is so hard to define, but uh, maybe just to capture the, the depth and the beauty of it in just a simple definition. But I'm going to ask you anyway, Father, how would you define prayer? Sure. I think the simplest way for us to understand it, Patrick, is it's our communication with God. You know, so just as we look at our human relationships, there's many different ways that we communicate. Um, we, we write, we send emails, we make faces. <laughs> um, <clears throat> you know, there's um, with spouses, with children, you know, with, with, with folks that we work with. And, and so the same with our God, there are different ways of, of, of communicating, which is both speaking and listening, right? How do I get messages to God? How do I receive messages from God? And we are so blessed with a 2,000-year tradition, not only of church teaching, but of church experience and teaching on prayer. Mm -hmm. And that is uh, one thing that I stepped into as a convert, which, uh, not that we didn't have uh, any of the, of the tradition of prayer in the tradition that I grew up in, of course, but uh, just to note the, the thousands of, of prayers and litanies and novenas and all the different practices of prayer, the stages of prayer, all that sort of thing. Beautiful thing in stepping into the Catholic tradition. So maybe just take us a little bit into what would you, how would you describe different types of prayer, Father? Can you give us an example? Because prayer isn't all the same thing. You know, like you said, That's right. just in communication, we're doing different things. So how would you describe different types of prayer? Yeah. Uh, and I think before I even get into that, Patrick, to say yeah. sort of two two prefaces. One, uh, the best way of praying 
is the way that allows you to connect to God. Okay. So the way that you, you can speak to God, the way you can listen to God. And, and so never compare your prayer with another person's prayer. Don't read a, a, a book on the prayer of St. John of the Cross and say, oh my goodness, I don't pray the right way. Right? Mm. And, and with that in mind, also throughout our life, our way of praying will change. And I think that's perfectly natural and normal. I think most of us begin uh, really before anything else with what we would call liturgical prayer, particularly in our Catholic tradition. The way we pray together when we come into an assembly, certainly in every other religious faith, including other Christian denominations, Judaism, Islam, uh, you know, there's a way of praying when they come together. Sometimes it's in song, sometimes it's in scripture, or even the response of praying the Psalms, uh, prayers that are, are spoken out loud. And, and so there's that liturgical prayer, which is what most of us experience, you know, pretty early on if we're in a, blessed to be in a family that attends church. Mm-hmm. I think extending from liturgical prayer would what would be called vocal prayer. Vocal prayer is when I'm speaking aloud to God. That might be, you know, following a formula, the Our Father, the Hail Mary, a litany, um, something else that someone has composed. Um, it, it might be extemporaneous, like we're going to talk about later today, where I'm just praying sort of freely from my heart. Uh, and, and we'll talk more about that. Yeah. Um, and, and then I think someone moves into prayer, which is a more meditative prayer. Um, certainly early in the tradition is Lexio Divina, where I'm reading scripture or the writings of a saint. Um, and, and I'm sitting there and thinking about it. What does it say? What does it mean? What does it mean to me? What am I going to do about it? Uh, other forms of meditation that have come down, um, you know, throughout time. Certainly, Lexio Divina, I think the heart of it, Ignatian meditation, and, and, and others as well. Uh, and then finally, contemplative prayer, which there's often very little words. Uh, contemplative prayer is more of an initiative of God um, and, and certainly a, an invitation, not just for the great saints of the church, but I believe that all of us are blessed at different times with contemplative moments where we don't have to say anything. And maybe God's not saying anything, but I have this overwhelming sense of the awareness of God and, and God maybe even communicating in a way that's beyond words. It's not that I'm having a revelation, not even what we would call locution, but but I'm just intensely aware of God. Mm. Uh, and, and so I think that that you know, vocal prayer, mental prayer, contemplative prayer in our Catholic tradition would be sort of the three buckets. Now within them, you know, in all three is sort of praise and intercessory prayer and prayer of contrition. They could all sort of manifest in those different buckets. Okay. Okay. Any, uh, any ways that people tend to get stalled out in one of these buckets, Father? Like that they rely on one but not the others? Yeah, I, I think, you know, it often comes up, people will tell me, whether it's in the Sacrament of Reconciliation, Spiritual Direction, you know, uh, a book club, you know, we're, we're reading a book right now about Mother Teresa, Come Be My Light with a group, and folks say, you know, I, well, I get very distracted in prayer. Okay, mm-hmm. of course you do. We all sure. do. But sometimes I think it's because the way we're praying maybe doesn't suit us anymore, right? Maybe, um, you know, maybe you've been praying the rosary for years, and, and the way you're praying it, now you find yourself very distracted, right? The, the rosary can be any of these three, right? It could be vocal prayer. It has meditations. It could be meditative. 
But maybe for a season, whatever's going on in your life, maybe you need to change the way you're doing it. Maybe you need to pray in a different place. Maybe you need to pray with a, a recording, you know, off the relevant radio app or something and, and pray with someone else and have a guided meditation. Uh, maybe you've been very blessed to do a devotional each day. But now that's not working. Well, maybe you need a different devotional or you need to go more into Lexio. Uh, I, I think it's good to have spiritual friends, companions. I don't know that everyone needs to be in spiritual direction. Uh, in the Spanish culture, there's a, a, a common phrase, which is I need a spiritual direction. So I don't need ongoing spiritual direction, but I need to talk to someone uh, about where I am in my prayer and get some, some, some advice. And I think that's a good thing. If, if your prayer isn't working right now, you're not feeling like you're speaking to God, you're not feeling like you're listening to God, well, talk to someone, right? And 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 do it, right? It's the same, again, in our physical world. If, if all of a sudden I'm walking up steps and my back hurts, and it didn't do that before, well, I need to go figure out why my back hurts. Yeah. And, yeah. and so the same in our spiritual life. If what I'm doing isn't working, let me talk to someone and figure out, why it's not working, or at least try something new that it does work, because we want to commune with God, and God wants to commune with us. Mm -hmm. Our spiritual director today is Father Chris Walsh, pastor of St. Cecilia Church in Philadelphia, talking today about extemporaneous prayer. Well, Father's laying some groundwork for us as we're getting into it on just different types of prayer and uh, how we can even foster growth in our own prayer life. But as we get into the topic of extemporaneous prayer, do you pray extemporaneously, or have you... Is that something that you do freely and often, or is that something that you had to learn how to do? And if so, how did you learn how to do it? Or maybe you have a question about it because it seems difficult to get into. Our phone number here in the Inner Life, if you'd like to join the conversation, is 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. And our email address is innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. So, Father, what uh, what cues might we take from Jesus about prayer in general? Of course, he teaches his disciples to pray, and we receive the beautiful Our Father from him, which is worthy of meditation and contemplation and that, all of uh, that. But um, even just seeing how Jesus prayed as well, any cues that we can take from him for our own personal prayer life? Yeah, so, so of course, Jesus is the model in all things, right, Patrick? Right, sure. Um so, I, I th you know, what was Jesus's life growing up? Well, his first introduction to prayer would have been going with St. Joseph to the temple at Nazareth. And <clears throat> we don't have to guess about what that prayer was like. Y you can do the research on first century Jewish prayer. Um, he would have gone uh, every morning and every evening. Uh, there would have been a gathering of, of probably at least 10. Scholars tell us in Nazareth, probably not more than 25 men. Uh, along with their sons, um, and, and they would have sung the Psalms. Uh, if anyone's ever prayed morning prayer or evening prayer, uh, again, it's an adaptation of what Jesus himself would have been praying. Some Psalms, uh, uh, maybe a, a reading from the prophets, uh, and, and then some intercessory prayer. It wouldn't have taken long, you know, probably about 10 minutes, um, but it would have been the rhythm. Uh, the Jewish people also had a liturgical calendar, and so that would have been the beginning of Jesus's prayer life. Uh, Judaism in the first century didn't have what we would consider devotions necessarily. So that probably was not a part of Jesus. The bigger liturgies of going up to the temple where the liturgy was much more, um, you know, alive. 
Um, certainly there would have been vocal prayer, the grace before meals, which we are actually familiar with, even though we don't realize it. Uh, it's, it's the prayer that's used at the Mass. Blessed are you, Lord, God of all creation. Through your goodness, we have this bread to offer mm-hmm. you, which right. earth has given and human hands have made. Jesus would have prayed that with Mary and Joseph at the table. Uh, probably some room for extemporaneous prayer in, in the life of Jesus. Uh, it, it was known in that, in that generation of, 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 of Jews um, you know, particularly when they went to the temple to, to voice their prayers as they approached the Holy of Holies. And then we know as Jesus begins his public ministry, he's certainly going away to quiet places to pray, which is a more contemplative prayer, um, and, and perhaps meditative as well. He knew the scriptures well. He knew the Psalms well. And so to sit and be quiet and speak to his father and listen to his father so that he had the strength to go on. We see that particularly when he reaches the Garden of Gethsemane, where he's, he's, he's crying out to God very extemporaneously, right? Father, you know, let this cup pass for me, but not what I will, but you will, right? That yeah. wasn't written down anywhere. He's praying from his heart and praying aloud to the Father. Right. And we know what he prayed because the disciples heard it and they wrote it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's uh, thanks be to God for that, right? Because <laughs> they hear some of that. And with that, I mean, what he prayed to the Father at that time, I'm thinking of other times too. Um, when he when he when his voice in prayer is recorded in the scriptures father um would, might those be termed extemporaneous prayer would that fall into that category yeah i mean certainly we have to take each of the prayers that jesus is praying in the scripture and look at them uniquely jesus knew scripture and jesus yeah. is often praying from scripture so you know when he's on the cross uh you know uh, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? People think that's an extemporaneous prayer. No, he's actually praying, you know, one of the Psalms that's going to lead to, I feel forsaken, I feel abandoned, but God, I trust you because I know you never abandon me. I know you never leave me. And, and so I think we have to look at each prayer, but certainly extemporaneous prayer is part of the way Jesus prays with his disciples because he's ushering in a new covenant and he's speaking from his most sacred heart to his loving father and giving us as always the pattern of prayer. The Our Father uh, again, scholars are sort of split on this. Some say that's created uniquely by Jesus. Others say it's based on some, uh, you know, first century and older Jewish prayers that are very similar. And Jesus sort of adapts that and, and changes a little bit when he teaches us that most perfect of prayers. Mm-hmm. Okay, so turning more to the the subject at hand for today, which is extemporaneous prayer, and with all this as, as backdrop and, and undergirding what our conversation today on extemporaneous prayer. So define that specifically, Father. When we talk about extemporaneous prayer, what are we talking about? An extemporaneous prayer would be um, not necessarily following... Um, an established prayer like the Hail Mary, like the Glory Be, like the prayer to St. Michael, but speaking more uh, freely. Um, it, it, I, I would like to propose that there is a pattern to it. Um, uh, ha- however, it's, it's specifically about the person that we're praying with or the need that we're bringing to God. Uh, as you said, growing up in a, in a, a non-Catholic Christian tradition, there was more familiarity with that. There was more comfort with that. You know, at the family gathering, when the when the Pentecostal uh, cousin uh, or Holiness Church cousin looks at the Catholic and says, "Hey, why don't you lead Grace?" and the Catholic says, "Bless us, O Lord," and he's like, "Is it throughout to receive <laughs> exactly. the Christ our Lord?" Amen. Right. They're yeah. all like, "Oh, what? What? what that, what's that?" <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> and so um, there, there's a more free art. Now, again, is there anything wrong with praying grace that way? Absolutely not. Does it hit all the marks? Yes. But in, in different traditions, including our own Catholic tradition, praying something that's much more specific. And again, it doesn't have to go on for 12 minutes. It doesn't have to, you know, call on Father God, Father God, Father God, Father God, Father God, you know, like you see in some movies or in some traditions. But it's a way to pray from the heart, and I believe essential in this day and age for every Catholic who's called to be a missionary disciple to know how to pray with someone. Because when your your loved one or your friend or the person you meet in the store knows that you're a believer, they know you're a disciple of Christ, and they say, hey, can you pray for my husband? Can you pray for my daughter? Can you pray for my marriage? Rather than say, sure, my suggestion is that right there you say, hey, let's pray now. Yeah. And you don't say our Father or Hail Mary, but you do extemporaneous prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I okay, great. Uh, you hit on a lot of things there, Father, that uh, are, are rich with meaning and we want to follow up on as well. But uh, again, just to invite listeners in, if you have experience in, in praying extemporaneously, if you had to learn that, how did you learn it? When you were thrown into the deep end of the pool, so to speak, and just asked to pray off the cuff one time, you gave it a go. And it turned out all right. Or maybe you are still struggling to get into it and you have questions on how to grow in that. Give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. And again, our email address, innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. Well, Father, as I said, lots of things that I want to unpack in in what you had just said. Um, I, I appreciate the essentialness of it, and I certainly want to get back to that. But um, what about people who have been part of this? You said the liturgical prayer was, especially in the Catholic tradition, probably what people often encounter first. And then that oftentimes moves into vocal prayer, which can be extemporaneous, of course. But also a lot of times, you know, Catholics might think, okay, well, if somebody wants me to pray for them, then I'm going to offer up uh, an Our Father, a a Hail Mary, and a Glory Be, which is not a bad thing, as we've said. But in that particular situation, um, I think it might be uh, perhaps in some ways more meaningful to offer words that are particularly focused on the situation. Um, so I guess my question is, how, how do people, Catholics especially, who are in this place of just employing vocal prayer, how do they move then into this realm of extemporaneous prayer? Yeah, I, the, 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 the template that I propose is something very familiar in the life of the church, which is name God, name something God has done in history, ask God to do something in the life of this person. Hmm. It's, act, it's called the Barakah method of prayer. It's, it's Jewish in its origins. And in truth, Patrick, it's the model of every opening prayer at Mass, hmm. where we name God, Father, Eternal Lord, you know, uh, ever-living God, ever-loving God, right? We name what God has done. You have always longed to save your people. <laughs> okay. And then ask God to do something again. Give grace to your disciples that we may walk in new light, right? On the feast days of saints, you know, God and Father of us all, you know, you did a beautiful work in the life of St. Teresa of Avila. You know, inspire us, right, by her commitment to holiness and penance that we too may one day stand with you in glory. So that model, which is used again and again in liturgical prayer, is easily adapted, right? Yeah. So, Patrick, share with me something in your life, in, in your world right now, that, that, that you would like prayer for. What would that be? 
uh, health from my father. Okay, very good. What's your dad's name? Harold. Harold. All right. So we're going to name God, talk about what God has done, ask God to do something for Harold. Right? So we would okay. pray, you know, loving God, we praise and thank you because you are a faithful God and you always want what is best for your people. And just as Jesus brought healing to so many who were sick, who were suffering, who felt abandoned, Lord, I just ask that you, you, you be with Harold in this moment. Bring healing from the bottom of his feet to the top of his head. Rid his body of disease and illness and help him be courageous as he walks this journey. Surround him with loving family and caring health care workers that he may know your goodness this day. And we make our prayer in the precious name of Jesus, who is Lord forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. And thank you to all of our listeners who prayed along with me. Well, what a fantastic example. And uh, let me just throw that out there, too, that uh, that's, a, that's a great thing to, to, if you want to practice prayer um, during our extemporaneous prayer focus today here on The Inner Life, or if you have a way that you have learned how to do extemporaneous prayer, if you have suggestions for others on how to get more into extemporaneous prayer, or again, perhaps you yourself have questions about it and are wanting to grow deeper in it, give us a call, 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. We're going to take a short break here on The Inner Life, but more to come right after this. You can support Relevant Radio in many ways. Joining a giving society, donating a vehicle you don't need anymore, and now donating a piece of land or other real estate. Donate now at relevantradio.com slash property. Make this your response. From the healing of your body to the raising of the dead. No matter how you feel. Relevant Radio, relevantradio.com, and the Relevant Radio app. Thanks for tuning in today as we're talking about extemporaneous prayer in the life of the Catholic. How can you grow in extemporaneous prayer? If you have questions about that or if you have ways to share with others about growing in extemporaneous prayer, give us a call, 888 914. 9149 again 9149 Father just it occurs to me that uh, you know we were talking a little bit about okay so if a person comes up to you and they're struggling with something they have something going on and uh, they ask you to pray and you can just offer let's just pray right now and offer an extemporaneous prayer that that seems appropriate but are there situations where maybe it wouldn't be appropriate to pray extemporaneously yeah, very good question, Patrick. And I think you know, prudence is seems to be the lost virtue these days, right? Yeah, okay. Um, so someone says, uh, and when, when I was at my last parish, um, you know, we had prayer teams. And it, it grew out of a, a, a parish mission revival that we had had, that there was, uh, you know, people who really were blessed by having people that came in for the retreat to pray with them. And we thought, okay, well, let's, let's get this going. Um, and, and we spent a lot of time training people. Um, and we had prayer teams. And it was always one man and one woman. Uh, and, and traditionally, what we did was, uh, if, if the person coming up for prayer was a man, then the man led the prayer. If the person coming up was a woman, then the woman led the prayer. Okay. Um, you know, and the person would come up and say, well, I'm asking prayer for this, right? My sick father, my, my wounded marriage, my granddaughter who's, who's addicted to alcohol my grandson who, you know, is trying to get into college. And we would listen. 
And then our first question is, would you like to pray now? Hmm. I would say maybe one out of 20 people said, no, no, you guys can, you guys can do it. Okay. Okay. Right. So, which is a little strange. You came up after mass to a prayer team. <laughs> you asked for prayer, but you don't want to be a part of it. Okay. But we're going to respect that. Right. Yep. Um, and I think this is where in our prudence, we have to kind of read people. Right. And, and so if, if, if when you're talking to some in the supermarket, you know, or in the parking lot of church and they, and they say, can you pray for me? And you say, Hey, let's pray now. And then they say, mm, no, not, not really. I'm not comfortable with that. You respect that. Sure. You don't say, no, 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 we're going to do this. We're going to do this. Get over here. No, that's prayer <laughs> is weapon. No <laughs> right. prayer is weapon. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think that's one thing. And then secondly, like you have to read, like this is not a time for a seven-minute prayer. Mm -hmm. This is time just to, to begin to open up the person. God is powerful. And Jesus himself says, don't babble on like the hypocrites, right? Speak what needs to be spoken. And I think we have to be careful to not try to impress people that we pray in a particular way. Uh, I've prayed with people extemporaneously many times. People say the wrong thing, their grammar is wrong, they make mistakes, it's okay. As long as you are naming God, naming something God has done, asking God to do something now. You don't need to have a degree in scripture. You don't need to have a degree in theology. You know, even if you're just saying, you know, God, you've helped people in every generation. God, you're always helping people. God, help this person. Just let it come from your heart, right? Because you, again, you know how to ask for help. You've asked for help before, so just do it. So, so just be careful with where you are also, right? If someone just happens to say in the middle of a, a meeting at work, you know, oh yeah, my daughter's really having a hard time. Well, let's pray right now and cause everyone in the room to stare at you. No, mm -hmm. no, that's gonna make the person feel uncomfortable. You, talk to them afterwards, right? There's a reason why Jesus pulls people away. Right, the man with the with the crippled hand, he pulls him to the side. Right, even the woman caught in, in, in with, with, who suffered with the hemorrhage. Right, she, she approaches him publicly, but he pulls her to the side. Why? Because Jesus doesn't want to embarrass people. He doesn't want to put people on the spot. And, and the same with us. Right, we're not. Our prayer is meant to help the person, make them feel loved, not self-conscious. Mm -hmm. Very good. Good words from our spiritual director, Father Chris Walsh, pastor of St. Cecilia Church in Philadelphia. So we're talking about extemporaneous prayer, um, just explaining a little bit about when it's appropriate and when it may be inappropriate to uh, to pray or offer an extemporaneous prayer and to respect the, the wishes of people. So grateful for that, Father. We've had a, a caller call in off air and uh, who offered this suggestion. Just want your reaction to it, Father. When I'm asked to do spontaneous or extemporaneous prayer, I asked the Holy Spirit to guide my words. That sounds pretty reliable. Yeah, Father? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think, and that's just a real quick, you know, okay, Lord. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, Lord, I'm on the spot here. I got to pray for this person. So please, Lord, you know, have your way with me. Yeah. Have yeah. your way with me. I think, I think that's a great way to let the, again, the Holy Spirit is always the teacher of prayer, always, always the mover in our life. So let's continue to trust that. All right. Well, let's take a phone call then. James calling in from Circle Pines, Minnesota. James, welcome to the show. Hi, Patrick. Hi, Father. How are you? Or, I'm sorry. Uh, thank, thank you for uh, taking calls um, today. I, um, um, I had an experience, this was actually just this week, um, where I was at a grocery store, had a great conversation with a Christian sister, and uh, she wanted to pray over me, and, and I accepted, and... Um, in the midst of the prayer, uh, she 
started to speak in tongues as she told me after uh, and then interpreted the tongues and it was you know it was uh, scripture that she was talking about to put on the full armor of God uh, and it was encouraging words and she was saying you know these are words from the Holy Spirit uh, from me to you and I have never experienced anything like that in my entire life and I'm, I'm 47 I was just curious if you heard of others praying over people and then speaking in tongues uh, and then also interpreting um, I just was amazed and I've been pondering it I'm like I I pray every day for faith hope and love um, I have probably a longer ways to go <laughs> than most on that father um, but I just was really taken aback and it's been sitting in my mind and then today this topic came up, I'm like, my goodness, I have to call in and yeah. get some yeah. wisdom from the church on this. So. Well, well, praise God. Thanks so much for calling in. Um, let me just ask you this. How did you feel while the person was praying over you and speaking in tongues and then when they were interpreting it for you? How, how would you describe how you were feeling during that experience? Uh, so good. Yeah, I was in tears. Okay. So it was a good experience. It was a good experience, yes. Yeah. So so praise God, right? Because, you know, that's that's certainly the experience we want for people to have, but it's not the experience people always do have, right? And so this person probably had some experience, um, you know, and had a sense of, of how to do that in a way that really made you feel comfortable. You know, what does the scripture always tell us? By, by your fruits, you know, you'll be known. And so in this case, you know, praise God, it worked out well. Many Catholics do not have experience with people praying in tongues in other traditions, certainly within our Catholic Church, the Charismatic Renewal, it's there in the Pentecostal Church, Holiness Church, uh, Church of God in Christ. Praying in tongues is very natural, very normal for people. And, and it's certainly a manifestation, you know, that's, that's in the scriptures, that's in the Acts of the Apostles. Again, lots of discussion, lots of conversation about, you know, uh, well, was the gift of tongues only for the early church and then it stopped? Um, the Catholic Church would say no, that that's an authentic gift. Others would say, well, one person speaks in tongues. You can't both speak and then interpret your own tongue. Other people say, well, no, that gift might be given to someone as well. So they're listed by St. Paul as gifts. Some people think, no, it has to be two different people. Other people say, no, it could be the same person. Again, I would suggest that it, it's, you, you test it by the fruit. If at the end you felt the presence of God, you felt encouraged, it's of God, Rejoice, thank that woman. Hope you run into her in the store again. Yeah, great question, James. Thank you for the call. Thank you for the thank you for the experience sharing that testimony. Perhaps you have an experience, something similar where somebody has prayed extemporaneously with you, or you've offered an extemporaneous prayer. Maybe you're part of one of the teams, like Father was talking about after Mass, uh, that you are praying with and over people after Mass extemporaneously. We'd love to hear your testimony as well. 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Well, Father, I'm, uh, you know, we, a lot of our focus on extemporaneous prayer and even the way I set up the show, so this, it's my fault. You blame, blame me. But um, it was talking about how we might be praying uh, for others in a specific situation, whether that's saying grace before, leading a grace before a meal, or as you were suggesting, Father, or the way that you prayed for, for me and my Father, and the, or the way that uh, others might, somebody might come up to you in the store and say, you know, this is going on in my life. What about extemporaneous prayer in the private realm? You know, just praying for myself or praying 
com- conversing with God in that way. That is still a legitimate form of prayer as well? Exactly. Yeah, very much so. And so it, it's the same pattern, right? Uh, right. You know, as I as I sit here uh, looking at my desk and all the projects that need to happen at the parish for the renewal of faith, for, you know, getting new doors on a part of the school building, I can have this sense of feeling overwhelmed. And and again, just as, you know, if, if, a, if a co-worker or a friend was here, I might say, oh, Bill, wow, you know, I, I'm just feeling so overwhelmed. There's so much to do. There's so few hours. Wow, how am I going to do this, Bill? I know I'm going to get through this, but wow, <laughs> wow, this is how I'm feeling, just just overwhelmed, right? So I would say that to a friend, and the friend would give me encouragement. Well, in the same way, I can just say, Lord God, you know, you're, you're the one who has placed me here. Lord, this is your parish, and, and I serve you, and I know I can't do this. I can't do this on my own. Uh, if I do, it won't be done well. And so I just entrust this to you, Lord. I I know that you're going to show me the way. I know you're going to put people in my life to help me. Allow me to be humble. Allow me to remain joyful. Allow me to remain focused. Because that's what you want for me. Hmm. Uh, And I just trust you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. So another question that way, uh, Father, is is extemporaneous prayer, is it always intercessory? In other words, is it placing some petition before God? Or is it, uh, does it have other elements of, of praise, of thanksgiving, you know, that yeah, sort of thing as well? Exactly. I would say most times when we're praying with someone else, it's going to be inter- intercessory. But certainly nothing's to stop us. And again, in different traditions within the Catholic Church, um, certainly in the African-American Catholic Church, um, I, I've prayed many times Mass with, with uh, folks from different parts of Africa, the Caribbean, and certainly the charismatic renewal, there's going to be that extemporaneous praise of God, right? Um, and, and so after a, a particularly moving song of praise and worship, there might be a period of time where people are just saying out loud, you know, God, I praise you. God, you're faithful. God, you've delivered me. God, you're my savior. God, you're my rock. You know, God, when I thought I was down and out, you lifted me up and pushed me forward, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, the praise, whatever it is, the thanks, Right to just speak it to God, and again, that's the key that makes it prayer. That I'm not just mentioning things, but that I'm speaking to God, and yeah. I think that's key. That it's not just sort of this. I'm sharing faith, sharing. Oh, I want to tell everyone that you know. Oh, my test came back negative. Oh, great, congratulations. No, yeah. God, you healed me. God, you use this medicine. God, you use these doctors. God, you use this physical therapist. You know, and I praise you. I give all glory to you. I give all credit to you. Um, and, and so, again, from the heart, from the heart. Do we look like fools? Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully, because, because David says, I don't care what people think. I'm going to mm. dance. I'm going to dance, and I'm going to give praise to my God because I know how good and faithful he has been. Mm-hmm. What about, uh, this is a practice that I sometimes uh, employ as well if I'm taking a, a car trip or something like that that's going to be a few you know longer than just a quick here to there um you know i'll just kind of catch up with god i'll just start telling him the stuff that's going on in my life not that he doesn't know but i want to make sure that i'm involving him in it and recognize that he cares about this stuff that's it yeah he cares about everything in our lives and so again just as again it's very familiar for to us to call someone on the phone right and to say "Hey, hey this is what's going on today 
why would we not do that for our God? Yeah. Why would we not? And so whatever it is, and again, other Christian traditions, this is very normative. It's very common. It's not for us. Okay, well, let, let's let's get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there is, I, I'm, I'm 100% with you, Father. That's why we're doing a show on extemporaneous prayer today. Maybe, are you practiced in extemporaneous prayer? Do you have experiences of that? Has somebody prayed with or over you extemporaneously? Or perhaps you are trying to get more deeply into it, but have hit a roadblock or have a question about it. We'd love for you to join the conversation. 888-914-9149 is our studio line. 888-914-9149. Or you can send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. We're going to take another short break, but there's more to come with the inner life right after this. Our sponsor, the University of Dallas, invites you to check out The Quest, a five-episode video series on discovering our purpose and living it with courage. Start watching The Quest for free at relevantradio.com slash quest. It's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. And don't we do that every moment of every day, standing in the need of prayer. Absolutely. Welcome back to The Inner Life. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Sendovich, our producer, and Thomas Engesser, taking your phone calls. And to our spiritual director today, Father Chris Walsh, pastor of St. Cecilia Church in Philadelphia, as we're talking about extemporaneous prayer. Um, Father, you mentioned one of the things that you mentioned in kind of your definition of extemporaneous prayer that I certainly wanted to circle back around on was uh, it being essential. And you set it up as essential to the life, particularly of those who have been called to be missionary disciples, which, let's remind ourselves, is all of us. That's right. <laughs> right? And, uh, but specifically in, in the, uh, what I understood what you were saying, in the living out of that mission in the world today. you want to say more about that? Yeah, you know, the, the whole idea of the new evangelization, Patrick, you know, which, you know, you know arrived on the church, you know, with, with Pope Paul VI. Um, so it's, it's, it's not as, as new as we might, we might think, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mo- many of our listeners, you know, weren't even born. Right. Uh, and, and, and Paul VI and then John Paul II, certainly Benedict and now, now Francis, um, you know, with his document, particularly Evangelium, uh, I'm forgetting the second word, uh, the Gospel. Gaudi, uh, yep. Of, yes, thank you. Um, it, you know, this idea that we're to go out, right, we, in any one of our families, Right. Um, you know, we, we have folks who are not going to church, right? right? The families we live with, our extended families, our coworkers, right? If, if we're not there now, I think we're very close to former Catholics being the largest number of, of people um, who are uh, the largest religious group in the, in the United States. And so there's no shortage. So it's, it's not necessarily sharing the gospel with people who don't know who God is, right? Going off to some remote island or something like that. They've never heard of Christ or the right, Arab right. world. Hmm. But rather, we're, we're, we're going into a world that, that, that needs to experience God. We need to reawaken God. And so certainly there's many elements of that. And you've talked about it on your show, our witness of joy, our, our capacity sure. to serve. But, but one is that we are people of prayer. And you know, as our caller experienced when that person prayed with with him, like it, it was a great source of comfort and consolation. Even if I'm not praying in tongues, you know, uh, praying with someone in a direct way and asking God to bless someone is always going to be a beautiful experience. Right. You know, if they're open to it and they want it, 
And, and so that's, I, I think, where in, in today's day and age, this missionary discipleship, that our parishes are training people in extemporaneous prayer, giving people an opportunity to practice, right? That's one of my advice to the listener. Like, okay, I can never do this. I could do this. Well, find someone else and say, listen, I listened to this show. This, uh, you know, amazingly handsome priest from Philadelphia was telling us about uh, extemporaneous <laughs> prayer. Um, I, have a, I have a face for radio, Patrick. Um, uh, you and I both, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, practice with someone. Right? That's what we would do at the parish. Practice, practice, practice. Yeah, the first five, ten times, it's going to be awkward. It's going to be uncomfortable. But then you'll be praying like you know a Pentecostal church mother in no time. Yeah. I like that. I, I like the, the suggestion to practice. And that's just it. I mean, we can, we can practice with another person present, especially if we're going to be praying uh, with intercession, if we're interceding for another in their life situation. Certainly, practicing with another person is great. Uh, but we also also can practice on our own, right? We can just that's say, "Hey, right. Lord, this that's is what's going right. on in my heart." Yeah, that's yeah. exactly it. Exactly yeah. it. Fantastic. Let's go back to the phones. Teresa calling in from Pittsburgh. Teresa, welcome to the show. Thank you. I I just have a question. I've been a nurse's aide for years, and I've seen a lot of people die and sick and suffering. And I started. I pray the rosary all the time, and. Um, well, I started wondering during the mystery of the visitation to St. Elizabeth what the Blessed Mother did with her for three months. And I started kind of imagining, well, she probably did her dishes. She probably washed her clothes. She probably, you know, took care of everything in the house that needed taken care of. And I said, oh, my gosh, she's queen of the nurses' aides and the little healthcare <laughs> workers. And so I'm wondering... I, I got, I've gotten into the habit when I leave my house to go to work that she would help me tend to the needs of her sick ones, like she took care of St. Elizabeth. And then I started praying to St. Elizabeth for the, the residents that we take care of that are so difficult to take care of, that we, they would receive our help like she received help from Saint, from the Blessed Mother. You know what I mean? That the Blessed Mother... St. Elizabeth received help from the Blessed Mother. So I pray that they would open their hearts and receive our care, too. Yeah. And I, I, I just think wonder, that's... these are bad prayers? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. First off, I think your, your meditation there is spot on. It's spot on, the idea that, uh, you know, Mary was, was there on an errand of mercy and charity, uh, that the Blessed Mother was there to to provide for Elizabeth's need, right? And, and any pregnant mother knows the kind of needs that you have. Zachariah probably wasn't much help. He, he was mute for crying out loud. Um, you know, and then again, to, to apply that, right? And again, given our topic, you know, to possibly even offer to pray with the residents, to pray with those who you're helping, that they might open their heart, that it doesn't just remain a prayer in your own heart, that you might speak to God, but someday you might say, hey, can I pray with you? You seem to be having a hard day, hard day. right? Mm -hmm. and, and again, transform that experience, you know, through the power of God, through the hand of God, through the graciousness of God. Mm -hmm. Teresa, thanks for the call. And just to follow up with you, Father, on Teresa's call, that's another, I guess it's a basic question, but we can use extemporaneous prayer with the saints as well, right? We can speak exactly. with them familiarly. Uh, yeah. Exactly, Lord. <laughs> you know, you you know, you you raised up this saint, Lord. Um, you know, and then and then maybe speak to the saint directly because again, they're in, they're in the glory of heaven. They're they're part of the intercessory group. Right. Right. Okay. Very good. 
Teresa, I appreciate the call. Let's go now to Jill calling in from Traverse City, Michigan. Traverse, yes, sorry. Jill, welcome to the program. Well, thank you very much. This is a wonderful uh, this is a wonderful program. I appreciate it. The way that I really have praise and thanksgiving is I go on wildflower walks. You can do it uh-huh. at parks, and you go along the edge of the woods, and you start looking for wildflowers, and you bring your magnifying glass. Then I look at the flower through the magnifying glass, and I cannot believe it. Such detail, such beauty, such perfection, such diversity. It just... I just get effusive with praise and thanksgiving to God for all of this that he provided for us. So I do wildflower tours for people from church or any neighbors, anybody who wants it, because I think everybody needs to know about this beauty that's right there that God presented to us. Beautiful. Beautiful. To see creation and to praise God for it. Hmm. Yeah, and that's another great question or another great point, Jill. So thank you for that. And uh, But what the question that comes up is that uh, that's another opportunity, right? Father, when, when we are countering something of God, we are experiencing something of God's presence. Uh, maybe it's made plain to us through an expression of nature, through a relationship, through, you know, other uh, things. Another instance for extemporaneous prayer, yeah? Exactly. Exactly. The opportunity to pause, to give praise uh, in that moment. And again, on the one hand, we might say, oh, it's beyond words. It's in my heart. Well, try to give it words. Try to give it words. Lord, look at this petal. Lord, look at this insect crawling. Lord, you care even for that that insect. Oh, God, I praise you. Oh, God, you are so good, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know if something should happen, you know, in our rural environment out here where I live, uh, see, a, see a deer or something like that, and I want to tell my wife about it, you know, I'm, I'm describing, oh, yeah, it was just a doe and a fawn that came out, and, and it was just beautiful, and to see, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Why not do the same with our Lord, with our Heavenly exactly. Father? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And thank Him for that. Yeah. Wonderful. Jill, thank you for thank you for the testimony of wildflowers. Yeah. I'm glad that they are helping you to praise God, and hopefully many others now, too, now that you've shared that with us here on The Inner Life, talking about extemporaneous prayer with our spiritual director, Father Chris Walsh. Father, i uh, Maybe uh, I guess one of the things that occurs to me in in uh, well Jill's question or Gil, Jill's point was a great example of this that there seems to be um, seems to be one of the things that would help in developing a life of extemporaneous prayer along with the different types of prayer that you enumerated for us at the beginning of the show is has something to do with cultivating a childlike uh, trust in God a childlike uh, sense of wonder at the world around us, that sort of thing. Can you say more about that? Can you unpack that? What's the role there or something that we might seek to do and help to, to help us to move into these familiar places of prayer? Yeah, I think you're onto it just with the idea of wonder, right? We have to, we have to cultivate wonder. Um, and, and how do we do that? Well, well, remember that you have a Holy Spirit's gift of, of awe um, mm. and, and, and be willing to, to be in awe. Right, it, it it does take some practice, right? And and so I, I do think that there is a, a connection that, that I think you're rightfully sort of hitting there between uh, the sense of, of of wonder and awe and extemporaneous prayer because I think at times I need to I need to give voice to it, you know, uh, you know, God, you're an amazing God, God, you're an mm-hmm. awesome God, God, I, mm-hmm. I, I praise you, I adore you, you know, I magnify your your your, your name. Um, and again, it, it, we might feel a little awkward. That's okay. Mm-hmm. That's okay. You right. know, like, like right. you felt awkward the first time you went to a dance too. 
you felt awkward the first time you played basketball, you know? Um, yeah. You know, this, this is the way it is, and, and, and we move forward. Yeah. Okay, very good. Uh, we've had a uh, an email come in too, Father, that I'd like to share with you as well. Um, Virginia, listening on the app, says that she's been experiencing a problem in her prayer life. Um, feels as though the closer she tries to get to God, the harder things seem to get. She said, mm-hmm. I know God loves me. However, lately I feel like he's been farther away, and um, nothing but bad things happen seem to happen, I guess, I suppose, in our home and our health. Uh, could it be my faith is being tested, or could, could it be the closer I try to get to God, the more the enemy tries to wedge in between? So I guess that's one question that she would have, and I would add to, onto that, that uh, and how might an extemporaneous prayer be helpful in this situation? Well, I, I think, you know, any, as I mentioned earlier, Patrick, I think when someone's experiencing some block, some difficulty with prayer, please go talk to someone, right? Yeah. Just like a, a radio show on medicine isn't going to give you medical advice directly, um, because I don't know what it is, right? We, we're, we're not able to have a conversation to explore what it is that's causing the block. So, you know, go to a priest that you trust, go to someone who, who's a, a person with experience in prayer, maybe has some training and direction, have that conversation. I think the advantage of extemporaneous prayer is that even when I'm frustrated, I can talk it out loud. You know, that's what the Psalms do. You know, the psalmists, you know, they started off as extemporaneous prayers. Lord, where are you? Lord, you seem to be blessing everyone else, but where are you in my life, Lord? Please show yourself, Lord, please. All right. Very good. And Father, just in the last minute or so before we ask for your blessing, I guess I wanted to round off the show with uh, just underscoring, too, as we've been talking about the importance of extemporaneous prayer and how, um, as you said, Father, please may we all get there. You know, where we Catholics are looking like fools because we are praising and, and uh, we are praying extemporaneously all over the place because we are people of prayer. But that is not in any way, shape, or form to uh, say that the other forms of prayer that we are exposed to, liturgical prayer, uh, vocal, more scripted prayers, uh, meditation, contemplation, that um, it's not meant to take the place of any of these. Just wanted you to not, uh, have the last not words on that. Egg, exactly. Not at all. God is doing something through all of those as well. Well, fair enough. All right. Thank you very much, Father. Father Chris Walsh has been our spiritual director today talking about extemporaneous prayer, and he is the pastor of St. Cecilia Church in Philadelphia. As we head into the last minute of the program, Father, as always, we would love a prayer from you as well as a blessing, if you would, please. Gracious God, we thank you and praise you for each listener who desires in their heart to know you, to serve you, to love you, and to share you with others. Give them the grace they desire. And through the intercession of Mary and all the saints, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Chris Walsh, again, our spiritual director, and we have been talking about extemporaneous prayer. If there's something in your own prayer life that you have sought to cultivate, or if you know somebody who may be struggling to cultivate extemporaneous prayer, if you'd like to listen to part of the show again or share it with others, you can always find us at relevantradio.com slash life. And you can listen to all of our past shows right there. Coming up next, of course, is the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. Father Rich Ketchel is our celebrant today, so make sure and stay tuned for that. Tomorrow on the program, actually going quite well hand-in-hand with today's program, we're going to be talking about listening to God's voice. We're talking about how we express ourselves to God today, tomorrow. It's going to be how can we hear God's voice back in our own lives with our spiritual director tomorrow, Father Bobby Blood. So I hope you can join in for that. Thanks for joining us today. Until next time, grace and peace.